Welcome to the podcast that explores eudaimonia. Euda what? Eudaimonia is the pursuit of well-being based on our individual needs, which I love because we are all unique and therefore our pursuit of wellness should be unique too. I'm a big fan of individualized, personalized care. There's no one size fits all. I'm your host, Emily Geiser. I'm a nature-loving, spiritually curious health and life coach who rarely runs out of questions, so I decided to host an interview-style podcast so that I can ask all the questions that I want. Each week, we'll dive into topics of personal development, nutrition, spirituality, mental health, and well-being with guests who generously share their tools and expertise. If you enjoy what you hear, please be sure to follow on Apple or subscribe on Spotify. It helps the podcast and you'll be alerted each week when a new episode drops. Let's dive in. Listeners, since many of you are parents, you know that your role as a parent impacts your sense of flourishing. And if you're flourishing in life, like eating well, moving your body, mitigating stress, sleeping well, balancing your hormones, etc., then it's easier to be calm, happy, and present with your kids. In fact, this is the very reason I became a health coach. I originally started as a parent coach after I left teaching, but realized that parents who were lacking in their own care, their own well-being, were needing to learn how to grab their own oxygen mask first before we could even talk about parenting principles. That's why I'm a wellness coach today rather than a parenting coach. But I have a deep love for mindfulness and the importance of intentional parenting, and I'm excited for you to meet today's guest. She has a free parenting summit coming up that she shares about at the end of the episode. Also, there's a link to it right now in the show notes. You can head there and check it out. Let's listen. Today, we have an awesome conversation in store with Billy, who's mom to three lovely girls and the host of Unlock Your Child's Full Potential podcast, where I had the absolute joy of being a guest. She believes that as parents, we have the unique role of nurturing the potential of the special human beings entrusted to our care. We can't expect school and the teachers to do everything, and we don't want to let the environment decide who our kids become. Here, here. It's up to us to coach our children on how to be successful and fulfilled, and that's her goal with the podcast, to talk to as many parents, educators, experts, you name it, and ask the questions, look for universal principles, find as many tools as possible to be a better parent, and give her kids a head start in life. Welcome, Billy. I'm so happy to have you on my podcast. Hi, Emily. I'm glad to be here. I thoroughly enjoy your podcast and the topics you bring forward and the caliber of guests you have on. They are incredible. I also love that you started such a powerful project with young kids at home. So tell us a little bit about that. I guess start with how old are your kids? Uh, my kids are nine, seven, and four. And I've been a stay-at-home mom for quite some time. So now I'm ready to have my own project. But of course, it's, again, connected to parenting and raising kids because that's close to heart. Absolutely. You're living it every day. And I bet it's been pretty awesome to interview experts and then be able to implement what you're learning and try things out. Yeah. And as I see it, it's personal development for kids through their parents because they're a little bit young to be interested in that subject but if we want to give them a head start we have to introduce them to some of the tools so it gets easier it uh, they're already acquainted with uh, 
all the practices that are going to be useful for them later in life. So that's what I try to bring personal development to kids from an early age. So have aspects of parenting always been of interest to you? Like, did you always know you wanted to be a parent and these were issues that you were curious about? Yes. We had a vision with my husband. We met when we were 20 that we want to have four children. But having three, I think, is quite enough. <laughs> so <laughs> we changed the vision. Yeah. And we wanted, to, yes, we were thinking uh, from early on how we want to raise them, what our core values are, what skills do we want them to have. So it's been on my mind for quite some time. So being an intentional and mindful parent is always something that you've been sounds like prone to given that you were so thoughtful about it. Some people just kind of go right into it and hope it all works out. Yeah, I tend to research a lot and try to be perfect at everything, which is a flaw, I think. <laughs> but still, in parenting, I think that's quite useful. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. What has been most surprising to you about having like three different, you have all girls, so like these three different girls? Oh, wow. Uh, when thinking about that, they all need a different approach. Mm. And also, they all have a different love language. So I tend to have a great connection with all of them, but I need to do different things to nurture the emotional bank accounts. Maybe your listeners know the emotional bank account is like the bank account for our relationship. So we make withdrawals and deposits. So deposits we make when we have fun with them, when we listen to them, when we follow through on what we said we we're going to do. And withdrawals are like yelling, name calling, hurting whatever. So we try to have more deposits than withdrawals. And with my girls, this just looks different for every one of them. My oldest one likes to be praised for whatever she's doing. She wants to hear some very big words. Oh, you're great. You're doing great. You're the best. Where my middle one likes just to spend time with me. We love playing board games and cuddle and just spend time with each other. And my youngest one, she just loves to be touched. And it's amazing to know, to having to have awareness that it's all different. And I know their language and I can give them the attention they need. So that's one thing that was interesting to me to learn. And how did you... How did you come to realize these things? Is it just paying attention? Did you read the love language book? Like, how did you advance that a bit? I didn't read it. No, uh, I just paid attention because what I try to do every day is be like a detective. What's happening right now, trying to understand why is my girl not behaving well? What What is this? What's the cause of it? Is she hungry? Is she tired? Is she hurt by my words or whatever else? So I try to understand and investigate. And this is how I found out that they just have different love languages. I love, they love it. Yeah, they brighten up when you do something they really like. So you're just paying close attention. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you know, I'm going to ask you at the end about your morning routine. So we don't have to go there right now, but you are making me think about the fact that 
you have to be really taking care of yourself and have your own nervous system pretty regulated to be able to stay in a household with three kids and not always be in reactive mode, but more in a observer mode, a detective mode, a, a mode of curiosity. Like you said, you're wondering what's going on with your kids. I know some parents just get frustrated when their kids are having an off day, right? Because they're behaving off and it can be actually maddening. And instead yes. of being frustrated and punitive, it sounds like you kind of get underneath it to say like, why is this happening? But that takes a real calm place from you. So can you share a little bit about how you develop that? I will first want to say that I still struggle with my self-regulation at times. Yeah. So I still have those days when I erupt like a volcano, <laughs> but I make a point of apologizing after that. And yet, yes, that's my intention to pause and take a minute before I respond to whatever is happening. And about my morning routine, I just always, always wake up at least half an hour before the kids. So I can make my coffee and drink my coffee in peace, read my affirmations for the day. And maybe sometimes I meditate, sometimes I write in my journal. Sometimes I just think about my day, my intentions for the day. But having the time to meet my needs first before they wake up just makes a big difference, a huge difference. And it helps me keep my sanity. And I think it influences tremendously the way I raise my kids. Mm, I love that. So you talked about the emotional bank account. And mm -hmm. you admitted to erupting sometimes, which thank you. I mean, we all do, right? Do you find that obviously erupting is a um, withdrawal from that bank account? Yes. How do you think the repair process works in that? Is it just neutralize it or does it, is there still a withdrawal or does it actually add more in the deposit? I think it actually adds more because when we do a repair, the relationships get stronger even even more than if there was no rupture at all, I think. But we do have to make the repair. Like I go back and apologize shortly after. I explain this is the way I would have preferred to handle it. I'm sorry, I'll try more next time. But you see, I'm a work in pro uh, progress too, like you are. I think it's important to show them that we are not perfect either, that we make mistakes and it's okay to make mistakes. Because if we were perfect, our kids would feel terrible because they are not. And they. it's good to model that mistakes are welcome too. So I apologize and then try to do something nice for her. Like if I know her love language, I know what will make her feel better. So that's how I tend to do the repair. I love that. That's a great communication style. It's so vulnerable and honest and teaching. It's a moment where there's always teaching and learning that can happen. And it's such open communication. So you shared open communication around a repair. Are there other ways that you really try to foster that level of communication within the family? Yes, <laughs> an example comes to mind. Uh, recently, we had the Santa Claus conversation and one of my core values is honesty. So I don't lie to my kids. I have these tough conversations, sometimes very painful, but still I tell the truth. So last week 
I was asked by my nine-year-old and my seven-year-old, is there Santa or are you guys buy us the presents? <laughs> and I was, okay. I wanted to keep the magic alive a little longer, sure. but I didn't want to lie to them. So, and if they ask a question, maybe they're ready to hear the answer. That's another point I have that I give them the answer and I don't go into details, but still tell them what they ask for and need to hear right now. So with the Santa Claus conversation, it was a great teaching moment because I showed them that when confronted, I choose to tell the truth and I expect mm -hmm. the same in return. And also the funny thing was that I told them that they can choose what to believe in. Like their father and I buy the presents, but they can still choose uh, to believe in Santa. Same as I believe in the law of attraction and other people don't. So everyone can choose their own beliefs. And my seven-year-old ended the conversation with, okay, there might not be Santa, but I believe there are fairies, mermaids, and giants. Yes. <laughs> awesome. So, yeah. Keeping the magic alive. Yeah, exactly. That's but awesome. uh, mm -hmm. not compromising with honesty. That's one thing I want my kids to have. When I think about the values I want them to have, I want them to be honest, uh, to be confident in the value they bring to the world. I want them to be open-minded and just to make their own decisions. Like you can hear the other people's opinion, you can do your own research, but you make your own decision and not follow blindly. Do you share your values with your kids? Is it a family conversation of this is important to me and we make decisions? Uh, it's, more, kind of it's more like uh, modeling the behavior. Mm -hmm. I just act that way and I use the little teaching opportunities during our days but it's it has not been the big conversation like this is what i believe in this is our family mission statement although i believe this is very useful we haven't done that yeah there's so many things that are useful it sounds like you're already doing tons of them i love that you're taking time to answer questions hard questions that would be easier just to kind of like pretend you don't hear or blow off i don't believe in that it's just Teaching doesn't come in these long lectures whenever we feel the mood and like to do it right now. Teaching comes when they're ready and they're asking questions. So that's the best moment. It's the best moment for them and for the topic, but it can be hard as it can be hard, right? Stop what you're yeah. doing. Gather the thoughts that you want to share. That's, that's what's gotten me at times when my kids ask me something like, oh, wow, I don't actually have the answer I want to give it at my fingertips, but still taking the time to be like, okay, let's talk about this. I'm going to sort through the answer in my head in this next 90 seconds and we can chat. And I'm not afraid to say, I don't know the exact answer to that. Mm -hmm. Give me some time to get back to you. So again, showing them that we're not uh, that uh, all knowing authority and yes. we st still need some time to prepare. Absolutely. I've been having that experience. My kids are much older than yours. They're 16 and 19. And I've been having that experience where they're asking me big questions as well, often for advice or permission to do things that's like new, right? And I don't actually know the answer. Like, huh, I don't know. You have to give me a beat to think about that and see how that 
that feels for me and I'll get back to you. And I think they were kind of surprised that like, I didn't have the answer on the top of my head, you know, but part of it's like, I need to talk to your dad and we need to kind of come to a consensus. Like I've never considered this before. Yeah. So important. It is they important. have to see the process. It's not yeah. think, ready, you know. I think to your point of like what we're modeling, it's good for them to see that we're human. We also don't know the answers to everything. We're not just the authority that has all the answers and the clues to give them at once. And also, I love that you tell them that you have to talk to your husband first. You, you're giving them the why. I can't answer, but because I need to ask your dad first. And this is another uh, thing I make a point of, to give them the why behind my request. Mm -hmm. So they know it's not just a whim or some power play and you're going to do what I want you to do. There's a reason behind the rule, behind the request. There's a reason. And I can give it to you, you know. Yes. I can treat you as equal. Yeah. And I'll just add on to that, that showing them that you don't always know the next thing and you don't always know how to answer everything that's presented to you. And it's okay to take a moment and listen to your body reflect on your beliefs, talk to a trusted person or your partner, you know, and, and process through things maybe more slowly. Not everything is instantaneous, even Mm. though this world wants us to think that it is. I love that. Yeah. We need to slow down a little. During this short ad break, I want to take a moment to direct you to the wellness shop on my website. I try really hard to keep my house free of toxins. If we've worked together, then you know the role environmental toxins can play in our overall health and wellness. I'm often asked which products I trust and use, so I create a resource page for you, ranging from safer skincare to safer feminine hygiene to my daily supplements and my preferred source for meat. You can get this and more at emilygeiser.com backslash resources. Links are in the show notes. We need to slow down a little. We do need to slow down a little. Let's talk about that with parenting. Um, Being intentional and mindful, I think, just adds a, uh, what would it be? Well, intentional, but like a slow, thoughtful process, right? Are there other ways that, are there ways that you bring, let's call it slow parenting into your family? Well, that's a goal of mine. As we said, we are not perfect at everything. So I try to work on things that I want to model to my kids, but I'm still not good at. So I'm more of a hectic person trying to do everything, having a long to-do list, Mm -hmm. uh, going to all kinds of practices and wow. (laughs) But I know we need to change that a little. So I first try to change myself and then, because we can talk to them all day long, but they do what they see us do. They don't listen to our words. So this is something I have to change in myself first before showing them how to. And one of the little things I have put in practice is just to go to one extracurricular activity this season, just one sport, not three (laughs) as we used to. Yeah. So getting things out, out of the calendar yes out of the family calendar and then are there things that you do during the day that demonstrate the opposite of rush like maybe rest do you take time for you Mm -hmm. 
I do take time for you. I often tell them I need a minute. I need five minutes, actually. I go to the balcony and I just breathe in and out. And I'm like, if you need me, I'll be I'll be back in five minutes because I need some time for myself. Love it. That's also modeling such good self-care. I think yeah. kids that see that realize they can take that too. I've seen them done it. And that's the best part when you see them do the things you want to model to them. Yeah. It's like, okay, we need to separate now. If there is a conflict between two of the sisters, one is like, I need to go to the other room. I need some space. <laughs> so that's been sweet. Yeah, that's great. You mentioned that what part of what you're looking for in your podcast are these universal truths. Do you mm -hmm. have a few that you would like to share that you've discovered in this process? Yeah, open communication is one. So people were so afraid of the teenage years because I don't know, I don't have teenagers yet, <laughs> but I've heard there could be some very nice times with your teenagers if you enjoy your company. So one of the ways to get there, to have this trusting relationship is to have an open communication, to be in the habit of being interested in your child and trying not to react, not to be judgmental when they say something that you don't like. So this is universal. Every one of my guests says that this is a pillar of good parenting, having an open communication and just like save your reactions for yourselves. Try to be in neutral. And another thing is that kids don't always need our advice. Sometimes they just need to be listened to. So I make it a point of asking, do you need advice or do you want me to just listen? That's another universal truth and another one is that our kids are not trying to get at us to push our buttons to confront us they're just trying to figure out life and meet their needs so when they're not cooperating there's a reason behind it and we have to look for the reason and not just try to punish them or encourage this behavior or discourage another. Just look for the reasoning, what they need to learn in order to behave the way we want them to behave. Yeah, you're bringing up a, an example that I just experienced a few days ago where one of my kids was being quite rude. It was like in the evening, she was not directly mean, but short and just seemed very irritated and her answer sounded irritated about everything. It was just kind of an annoying experience interacting with her. And the next mm -hmm. morning, the same. Anyway, when she came back and was in a different mood and I was able to say like, wow, you, you seemed really upset this morning and last night. It's like, I kind of felt like I had a detox after you left today. It was so just like, ugh. And she kind of laughed and we just sat down together. And I'm like, is everything okay? You know, what's, what's going on? And slowly it took a little while, but slowly she opened up. There's kind of all this background drama happening in her life that's weighing on her. And she was just feeling burdened by it. And it was a good reminder to me that in that moment when she was acting rude and short-tempered, it was an easy time to like shame her about it or punish her. And I didn't. 
I, you know, managed my own nervous system. I hugged her. I smiled. I wished her well. And it was just a good reminder, like, this isn't because she's trying to be mean or because she's a poorly behaved kid. It's because she's dealing with her own burdens. And I know when I'm dealing with my own, I'm kind of annoying too, or I can be Mm. an asshole as well. And so I just wanted to share that point that I think it is really important to remember that our kids are not trying to upset us. They have their own needs they're trying to sort through. And when we can remove our own really ego from it that's what my it was my ego going down this like negative rabbit hole of like I hadn't is she going out into the world being like representing me and my parents yeah exactly and so removing that is just it's really helped parenting teenagers I love parenting teens I've loved actually every stage of parenting I also love teens it's so fun but it's different You're one of those uh, parents that I talk about. Wow, I want to be you when they grow up. Yeah, I I want to enjoy my teenagers. You will. You will just because you have that intention and because this background, these universal truths that you're so like rooting yourself in, they carry through the teenage years too. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I hope so. That's my whole idea, like to get ready before it's time. And with the podcast, get our kids ready. So when they go out in the world... They're already equipped with a lot of skills that are going to be useful. I love that you take it so seriously. I was, you know, my background before I had kids was in early childhood education. I was a Montessori teacher, so I had the background and I still did research because I'm an only child and I wanted multiple kids. So I wanted to learn about siblings and what that dynamic was because I wanted mine to be best friends. And by the way, they are, which has been like the biggest win. Amazing. It's amazing. There were definitely times I didn't think that that was going to be the outcome. But a lot of the research that I read really assured me that quarreling and conflict actually might mean that they'll be closer if you give them the tools to work through it, right? I do believe that, yeah. It's just building skills. Because there's conflict in life all the time, not with your sibling, but with all kinds of people. And when you learn the tools to deal with it, you're better equipped later in life. So that's useful. It's It's just our mindset around it. It is so useful. Absolutely. And it's something that I think a lot of only children don't get. I was the only child, so I know that. The conflict was only like the parental conflict, like in my direct family, right? It's only that, which is just a different sort of thing thing to work through than peers it is if that makes sense I'm not an only child so I don't know Uh well how many siblings do you have just one Uh we're two sisters but we're not close Mm -hmm. so I thought it's because of the age difference we have six years between us and that's why I have my kids like closer to each other hoping that they'll be close when they grow up but right now I'm dealing with a lot of sibling conflict so not there yet. Did you read the book Siblings Without Rivalry? Yes, many times. Yeah, such yeah. a good book, right? Yes, it's a great book. So my theory on the the sibling closeness, because my my husband had a brother who they were not close at all. And I think it's because when they were younger, they showed very different personalities and interests. And their parents just kind of like separated them and had them do their own things. So they Mm -hmm. like lived parallel lives, but they didn't have a whole lot of interaction because they weren't inclined towards that. And it wasn't fostered, I think, because it was easy just to keep them separate. So they never developed Mm, that 
my girls are also very different personalities. And there were times that I can see why you would take them in separate directions. But we continued to go on camping trips and have very intensive family time where we all got to interact together. And I honestly think that's a big part of why they're close because they're different and they learned how to appreciate each other's differences and work with it. I love it. Yes. Good job. No, thanks. I wasn't sharing for that, but I'll take it. I love that the title of your podcast is Unlocking Your Child's Full Potential. It's just It's a rich, rich title. It just says everything I want to be as a parent. So do you have an example on the top of your head of like a specific thing of how you have played that out? I try to let them be the people they want to be, like giving them the confidence to be authentic and to know they bring value to the world. So this can express itself in a different way for each one of them but for example my oldest one loves to read she's all into learning being the first in her class my middle one is not like that she's just a calmer a more artistic person and I try to have them believe that it's all good whatever your path is you choose your own path and You don't have to compare yourself to your sister or to anyone else. It's your life, your potential. You're going to be great at it. So that's one thing that comes to mind. I love that. I think it's so easy for the younger kids to just kind of replicate how they see their older siblings be successful. Yeah. And it's, again, a reason for conflict because they Mm. cannot be equal. There's no way. Right. Of course. Okay, Billy, is there anything else that I haven't asked you that you feel like is important for us to touch on today? I would just like to share with your listeners what I'm currently up to. I'm hosting my first online event. It's a summit called Boost Your Child's IQ and EQ. Too often parents focus primarily on activities enhancing one of them, either their uh, child's thinking skills or their emotional intelligence. And with this summit, I try to give children the ultimate advantage by improving both. So on October 11th at 7 p.m. Eastern time, live on Zoom, I have two amazing speakers that are going to give us some actionable advice on how to improve our children's cognitive skills and how to help them understand and manage their emotions. And these two amazing ladies have been guests on my podcast. One is the brain engineer, S.T. Rappaport, who believes that at any age, you can improve your cognitive skills. And these are the skills behind all other skills. So that's important. And the other one is Dr. Talia Jackson, who is a relationship therapist. And she has two teenage boys with whom she has a great relationship. Uh, So she's someone we can definitely learn a lot from. So I invite everyone who wants to be a part of it to ask their own questions because there's going to be a Q&A session to save their spot at unlockyourchildsfullpotential.com forward slash summit. It's on October 11th and I'm so excited to have you there. 
I'm definitely going to be there, assuming that one of my kids doesn't have a volleyball game. Will there be a recording if there is a conflict? Yes, there will be a replay, so I can send it to your email. If you register, I can reach you and send you the replay. Fantastic. So people who are listening now, you have about a week until the event. So a little over a week, actually, until the event. But go ahead and sign up now. It sounds like Billy will send us the link and then the replay after that. The link for that summit will be in the show notes. So it'll be easy for people to access. Sounds like Thank phenomenal you. guests. Yeah. Even though my kids are older, that sounds like all information that I would still love it to can have. be good for you too actually i because i implemented the tips that st gave me in our interview it's good for adults too it's not just for kids so definitely Fantastic. recommend cool awesome i'm excited for that congratulations on getting that together thank you you've mentioned your morning routine did we cover it in full or do you want to say anything else about how it helps you flourish we covered my morning routine, but it's there is a book I would love to recommend, The Miracle Morning for Parents and Families by Hal Elrod. He has a lot of books, but I love the one for parents and families because it addresses all the struggles we have with our schedule. Like there are a lot of things that happen in the morning for parents, mm -hmm. and still there is a way to implement routine so the six practices i don't ever do them all at once but still it's so inspiring it's uh something that uh, anyone can do like a minute for meditation a minute for reading a minute for exercise these are the six practices one for journaling what am i missing affirmations i'm a big believer in and silence meditation mm. those are the six Awesome. And yeah, that's something I would definitely recommend to people who are interested in a morning routine. I love his work. I haven't read that version of morning routine, but like you said, he has morning routines for all different sorts of groups and aspects of life. I think the most important thing is to have one. Yes. To have a routine that happens regularly. You know what to expect. You're priming yourself for your day. So whatever it is, if it works for you, that's great. The worst thing is to just have a hectic morning and be in reactive mode. So any routine would be good for you. Love it. Thank you so much for sharing all of this, Billy. For those that are listening, head down to the show notes and register for the upcoming summit. Boost your child's IQ and EQ. I would love to have you there. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time. Love chatting with you. Thank you, Emily. I enjoyed it. If you love what you heard, please hit follow and pass along to a friend. You can help others find this podcast more easily by taking a moment to rate and review. And if you're curious what it's like to work with me or just want to learn more about the work I do in optimizing your own wellness, head to my website, emilygeiser.com. You can connect with me directly on Instagram at Emily Geyser. Links for those are in the show notes. I'll be back next week and hope you will be too. Until then, think good thoughts and go for them.